Hello, and welcome to Shakespeare, the official Lion Face Productions podcast where we talk about Shakespeare. My name is Chase, your mostly quiet producer. Today, we talk about another of the histories, Richard II. If you live in Northwest Ohio and would like to get involved with our organization, be it to act, direct, or anything else theater-related, please reach out to us at facebook.com slash lionfaceproductions. You can also find us at facebook.com slash Shakespeare and at ShakespearePod. And now, on with the show. available. I have never been in the Thomas Theater. I don't know where that is. Yeah. But I know where the other ones are. Although I did get an email from them that said due to wildfires in the area they may not be able to do the uh, outdoor theater venue for their shows and they have an indoor venue just in case. I went while I do want the authentic experience of watching a show performed outside I also don't want to die from smoke inhalation. So Says you. Not with that attitude. No, do, you, do you go to the who tried to burn down the broad house the last night? The yeah, show? I heard about that. Okay. So before, like, the Some performance starts at eight, wagon. at like six, in front of the Elizabethan Theater, there's a green show, which is always, uh, like, magical music. Oh, okay. And it is always incredible. If awesome. you If you like medieval um, magical music. What's not like to love? Um, <laughs> bass recorders. <laughs> What's not to love, Beth? Ba- bass recorders are weird. They sound like elephant farts. My aunt, the one who runs the sh- railroad museum, she used to, she still does play the bass recorder, but she used to go and play with them. I want them to teach the bass recorder in school alongside the regular recorder I with, like, watching. second graders. <laughs> well, you just really, just, if, if you get the chance. Yeah, absolutely. Like, we're I gonna mean, have, like, like, five days out. Yeah. Like, we'll have time. Which One of those days is gonna be dedicated to going out to... Crater Lake. Crater Lake. I took, yeah, we took time. But the rest, the rest of the time will be Medford and Ashland and... Mm-hmm. And, like, there's... Not, I mean, Medford is just a city. It's cool, but yeah. it's just a city. But Tyler Ward lives there. That's yeah. what's worthwhile yeah. going. I need pictures of that child in your arms. Okay. Yeah, I need. I need. I can. Too. I can make that happen. Um, the, and we talked about driving because it's not very far from the California border. Mm-hmm. Down just to like, the Ewok. Just, just drive across so I can say I've been in California. Well, directly south mm-hmm. of the border is the Ewok Forest. Oh, okay. We should go to the Ewok further, Forest. It's further south than that. No, it's pretty much right across the border. No, because it was in Redwood, and Redwood is just mm. outside of San Francisco, which mm. is five hours away. It's... Five hours is too many hours. Okay. I have been there. It is not five hours away. <laughs> I say, because I drove all the way north to just south of Oregon to meet up with Tyler Ward. And there was definitely no Ewok forest there. It is the Jedediah Smith Redward State Park. And it's not that far down. Crescent City, California. That or we missed it because we didn't drive to that part. But we drove pretty much straight north from San Francisco to south of Medford. Because Tyler drove down. Well, 
So Zoe also got to fulfill one thing that I had so to do. So here's here's the coast though, and Ashland's like here. It's on this side of the Cascades, mm-hmm. inside the like dry area. Whereas the redwood is on this side of the Cascades. Well, see, because he came down so from through, Medford. You go through. Grand so we didn't Pass. go down the court. Yeah. We didn't go down the coast. We came. I need a more detailed inner sketching of this map of Oregon, please. <laughs> this right here. Uh huh. That's the border. Okay. Of California, right? And Ashland's what's this? Like this here. is the coastline. This is, this is the a fantastic audio. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is and the coastline. And then you have trees over here on this side. But right. there's dunes here. So if you get the chance, take a day, drive out through Grants Pass, see the ocean. You'll see some fucking whales. It'll be amazing. You'll drive down a couple hours. You'll be in Jedediah State Park. You'll see the Ewoks. You drive back in and up. It's going to be your full day, but it's pretty cool. See, because we Just drove we drove north sure out of you... San Francisco from but, from San Francisco, which is over here. So yeah. we have to we have so, to go west to Beth's pinky joint, and then went. go south to her wrist. Okay, and then back east along her thumb. Seems like a lot of driving for a vacation. You're going to right. Michigan. I have a thick thumb, so because this is Michigan, you you, you held up Michigan. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So we we met Tyler Ward, went and got cheesecake, and went bowling for a little while. And that was the closest I've been to Oregon. Okay. They haven't let you back in since the incident. But then I drove south, and I got to do the one thing, one of the things that I had to do in San Francisco, which was drive across the Golden Gate Bridge. Right. Which was really cool, because we drove across it at night, because that's how late it was after we drove, like, a ten-hour round tripper up to see Tyler Ward. Did you know There's that- the border... There's where the state park is. That means very little to me. And Ashland is. I don't over here. That's you're Pass. showing me a map. You're not showing me like minutes. <laughs> yes, she's from the Midwest. She's from Ohio. There's How many minutes? Ashland is it? to there. So I still I don't know what that means. All right. Beth. So this is like two hours. That'd be like another three. But, so five, which was the number we started. Which is with. what I said. I said five hours. Yeah, but it's right close to the border. You could also drive... Oh, I better be closer to go here and then that way. Because then you don't have to drive all the way back up to Grants Pass. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's still a drive. It's a, it's a drive. Yeah. It's still a drive, but it's still worth it. Because, I mean, it's about as far from Ashland. There's Crater Lake. That was only two and a half hours. Yeah. There's Jedediah. But we're spending one day driving two and a half hours to Crater Lake. Yeah, well, because you want to spend time at Crater Lake. Yeah. Right. Take the byway. It's so pretty. Okay. I want pictures of Chase Greenlee swimming in Crater Lake. Don't. It's very cold. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. That's why I want pictures of Chase Greenlee swimming in Crater Lake. It is about an hour, a half hour hike to get down, and it's a very difficult hike. So much so that I, at four or five months pregnant, the park ranger was like, no! (laughs) (laughs) You can't do this. You cannot do this. I left Tyler and Chris to go down to the water. I went and got gas in the car, so I drove all the way around the mountain, got gas in the car, and drove all the way back. And they still weren't all the way back up yet. And all they did was go down, like, touch the water, they're like, oh, yeah, that's cold. <laughs> <laughs> back up. I, I want pictures of Chase in the water. <laughs> I've done a polar bear swim, that's fine. It is... Yes! It is fed from underneath. Through glacier water? Mm. It's really very cold. You know what? I want it too. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I was trying to figure out why you were fighting me on this. Look, I have to be nice to Chase sometimes because I need things from him. And I'm nice to Chase a lot. I bring him beer. Yeah, but when I'm mean to him, he tells people at work, like, man, she's a real twat today. I'm like, <laughs> were you being a real twat that day? Every day. Yeah. Well, it's- then... It's my it's my signature role at the bank to just kind of be a hard ass. To be a, a level three annoying at any given moment. Yeah. It's not a level ten. No. Let's say you, you, you actually lower it down at work then. The annoying part, but the hard ass part is much harder. Oh, okay. It's just like, nah, I'm sorry. It's either in or it's out. There's no gray. We're not going to try to make shoehorn your way into something. No. Mm-hmm. It is or it isn't. It's not worth my job. I'm talking about shoes, sweetheart. But, yeah, level three, meaning every time I walk past Chase's monitor, I have to reach around and just hit the power button. It doesn't do anything. He just then has to, like, turn it back on. It's like, ah, every time. It was great when my desk was right next to him, because I would just, every time I stood up to get something, Because Now it's Brian and Mo, and... They don't do that. Do no. They? And no one bothers Anne, so she's all whatever guys are letting me down. She was all whatever before you left. Yeah, but at least I made fun of her for it. Mm. Brian actually gives as good as you, like, almost as good as you did. Good. I've trained yeah. them all. Every so often, Brian she thinks, will She thinks it. it's Stephanie who trained him. It's not. Either way. Yeah. yeah. Level three annoying. So, which is lower than the level six annoying that you are usually. Just to you. Actually, it's level eight to you. And everyone else. So I say level six to everyone else, level eight to me. So I've gotten a complex lately that everybody just assumes that I'm a brat. So I've tried to own it, and it's actually deflated my self-ego a lot. Oh, that's not good. I know. We don't want that. Why is being a brat now a bad thing? We don't want that. We don't want you you deflated, Beth. Don't worry. I'll eat some some more cookies. I'm going to deflate. We'll be good. We'll We'll be good. So, speaking of egos, that works. Okay, I was 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 sitting over here trying to figure out how to transition us. Here's how we transition. Speaking of egos, what do you do when you're a king who stops thinking about how you can be deposed and starts just acting and being real? The real world. (laughs) When keeping it real goes wrong. When keeping it real go. When keeping it Richard goes wrong. Uh, There it is. There, there it is. It's time to uh, introduce ourselves then. So this is the Shakespeare Podcast. I'm Ryan Halfhill. I'm Beth Roars. I'm Cassie Greenley. And I'm Chase Greenley. And tonight we're going to be talking about Dickie Two. Richard the Second. That's right. The beginning of the Henriad, the tetralogy that starts with Richard the Second. How many is in a tetralogy? Oh, five. So why do we even be thought to call it something like a tetralogy and not just call it <laughs> the series or the cycle? Why uh, do we why do we got to use a word that I clearly can't pronounce? Tetralogy? Tetralogy. <laughs> Actually, I came pretty close there. You did. You did, you did pretty good. You did pretty good. <laughs> pretty good. You did pretty good. I feel um, like, though, the more beer I drink, well, the less likely it is that, that will ever well, come out of my mouth. Well, because a trilogy is three, a quadrology is four, a tetralogy is five. But I feel like any time we go past a trilogy, we should just call it a cycle or a series. Look, I don't write the rules. I just know what it's called. That's what Wikipedia called it as well, so I'm going to believe you. 
but can we start? Can we start referring to? Uh, we call it the Henriad. But Harry Potter. There's seven books there. What would that be? Septology. Yeah. So can we start referring that instead of the Harry Potter series? Can it be the Harry Potter Septology? I will absolutely do that because it will make me sound very pretentious, and I'm all about that life. Cassie loves nothing more. I'm all about that life. (laughs) Sounding pretentious. So Pentology. Why isn't it not the Pentology? Because Penta is five. Mm. Multiple things are five. Yes, as in five things make five. (laughs) It depends. Fiveology. (laughs) It's the the fiveology. (laughs) It depends on where you're getting your etymology from. If it's Latin versus Greek versus. I was going to say because the tetralogy, I believe, comes from the Greek. Well, my epistemology tells me that I refuse to learn this. So isn't isn't, Tetra, isn't that Greek? Sure, we'll go with that. That's my guess. I think because um, I think Penta is from the Latin. Because there's also well, there's also the Quint though. Yeah, that's Quint the, is definitely from the Latin. Yeah, I just did that. Like, no, no, Christ. Yeah. Well, either way, I'm not sure. I will look Quint up pay. the uh, the. Stay tuned for the next episode when I will look up the entomology of tetralogy. Oh, there was way too much. <laughs> there was a whole lot of ology in there. Yeah, we're studying a lot of things. There's a lot of ology. So, lot of speaking ologies. of studying a lot of things, uh, the first thing that I did before I sat down to read this play was, as I mentioned... side of another history. <laughs> well, that. But as I mentioned when we talked about King John, and I said that I had a benefit because with King John I knew the history, and with many of these I did not at all. So I went and did a crash course in... Ricky. Ricky the second and just where he falls in the history. In so English history. So I the have en- it. end of the Ooh, outlines here. I've got so a notebook. Right, right near the end of the 14th century. I believe 1399 yeah. was when he died. 1399. He died in 1400, but he was deposed in 1399. Okay, yes. um, he is six generations removed from King John. So this okay. is a hundred and what did I say? 61 years yeah. between reigns. Yep. So and century and a half. It's and uh, this is our, finally, the second guy dumb enough to wear the crown named Richard. Did we skip a Henry the Third? There's no, no Henry Edward. There is Ed- Edward the Third. Edward III. Edward we we III. skipped over Eddie Three. Uh, we'll come a- back to Apologies, it. Eddie. We'll come back to you. Uh, Eddie Money. Probably. If the sponsors don't pull first. <laughs> we have sponsors? Blindface Productions. Okay, so we are the sponsor. <laughs> yes, so, and we're very angry. <laughs> we, we don't nearly do enough promoting of ourselves. But we had King John, his son was Henry III, and then we had Edward I, Edward II, Edward III. Edward II, though, was a really good Christopher Marlowe play, which ends in a very disgusting manner. But Tilda Swinton did an excellent version Tilda of it. Tilda Swinton? Yeah, that one. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Eddie Three is the guy we skipped. Yeah. And then Eddie Three had a son, also I think called Edward, but known as the Black Prince. Edward he, the Black Prince of Wales. Yeah, yeah Edward the Black Prince of Wales. Tale. Yeah, I totally do. He was played by James Purefoy. Mm-hmm. Who now plays somebody who's a bad guy. I know James Purefoy is wonderful. He's been in a lot of movies I love. Once, oh, he was in Altered Carbon. Once. Mm. Wait, we did this before. We did. We did this last I know, time. We did, we did the, the, the James Purefoy. <laughs> Uh, yeah, because we talked. I did. I think I mentioned the Michael Clark Duncan St. George and the Dragon that James Purefoy did with Michael Clark Duncan, just to hence why it's called the Michael Clark Duncan. Right. They were it wasn't. <laughs> but as we go down through the the line, the lineage of succession, 
Uh, we hit Edward the Third, and we are still with my family and my family. Yes, family. we're still going through the so, genealogy so of really, Cassie here. Really, if before this play starts, Edward the Third is killed. He, he is king, but before he dies, his son Edward the Black Prince of Wales dies. Yeah, and so that's why he was never king. But the oldest son of the oldest son was Richard II. So he actually succeeded his grandfather onto the throne, and he was 10 years old when he took the throne. But yeah, and Edward, had- Edward, Edward IV, um, Black Prince Wales, was actually, I believe, was king of England, but was never crowned. Maybe. I don't know. Wikipedia didn't go that in depth. Oh. Gosh darn it, Wikipedia. <laughs> we rely on you for so much. If only you weren't editable content. Jane. Yeah, but still uh, not allowed to edit apparently. But I am I am not descended from the Black Prince or Richard II. I am descended from John of Gaunt, who is a character in this play. Yes, yes. And he a is. daughter. And a terrible pun maker. In this yes. Movie. He's a bad pun maker in this movie. He makes terrible, terrible puns. Uh but now that I've reminded everybody that I am in fact descended from royalty. Which we'll bring that up every history. Well Well, we're running out of histories that it that it relates to. Any relevant history. I'm sorry, didn't we just say we were starting an octuplet? <laughs> it's a tetralogy. Octuplets are what Octomom has. Oh. My bad. I stole one of my beers from last time. Excellent. Can you steal it if it's yours? Can I steal it if I gave it to him and then took it back? Yeah. That's takesy backsies. Oh, takesy backsies. A form of stealing. Well, that's because that's because Chase has the ghosts of Shakespeare's past in his so, fridge, and they live there until someone drinks them. The beer I brought today was the Dark Truth, which is an underlying current throughout this play, um, but also is an imperial stout. It's a little heavy. <laughs> like so I'm, ar- cut- I'm, ar- I'm already feeling the point nine. She's she's cutting. Yeah, the nine percent alcohol. She's she's cutting up with some high life. <laughs> Got to get the champagne and beers in there to be like. Ooh. Mm-hmm. The official the, best of the cheap American beers. That's it's, right. The, it's the official beer of Lion Face. It's the official beer of Lion Face Productions. Has been the official beer of Lion Face for going on 12 years now. Since so. we started sitting on the balcony, drinking High Life, and thinking about doing this. So basically what we were doing 12 years ago was sitting around drinking beer, talking about Shakespeare. But now we're doing it for an audience. And people are listening? Like a, like over 100. Yeah. Good oh, for you guys. that's... So I raised this. This Miller episode highlight. might kill that. Yeah, they might. They might stop. They might stop. Yeah, I if, if I don't cut that that stuff with uh, you making directions and you not. Probably yeah, we're gonna have should. to. We're gonna have I to probably cut should, we're but at to... this point, I've actually referenced it, so now I have to leave it. No, it's on you. We can. Did cut... he leave it in? Nope. Couldn't be bothered. Took it straight out. You guys will never know what I was giving directions to. We can to. cut the sky map. I think that's okay. I was trying to give people directions to the. Uh, well, don't the recap it. The treasure of the we're gonna Sierra go. Madre. <laughs> See, we're going to get stuck in a cycle that we're never going to break out of. Exactly. Especially if you like start trying talk- to introduce this fucking play. You start we are the, introducing the fucking yeah, you play, You start Chase. talking about the treasure of the Sierra saying. Madre, and then we're going to talk about Bogart. And- mm, okay, funny. we're going to talk about Richard II. Alright, let's talk about Dickie The play Boogaloo. opens. Electric Boogaloo. I, Richard, am sitting on my throne. And he has to settle a disagreement. Well, and, this, and, and the funny thing about this play, it only, like, he was on the throne from the time he was ten. Yeah. 
But this play only deals with the last two years of his life. Well, that's because he went crazy. Also, well, not necessarily. The, it, according to the Wikipedia history that you, I looked do up. Do you want to watch a play that spans 18 years? Or however long he ruled? I don't Didn't know we do A Winter's Tale? It did spend <laughs> a lot of years. That play is Touché. ludicrous. Touche. Ludicrous. What, All right. So it is. It's the last but, last two yeah. years. Because he dealt with a lot of things during his reign. He dealt with the end of the Hundred Years' War with France. He dealt with the Black Death. He dealt with the Peasants' Revolt of 1381, which to me sounds really interesting but isn't touched on at all. And the then, Peasant Revolt. And They're then there were these. Then, and there were these lords, though, in Thank eighteen you, in thirteen eighty seven, who wrested control away from him for two years, and he got control back in thirteen eighty nine, and went, "Now nah, we cool." And then later, like ten years later, he went, "Oh right, remember that thing that you did to me ten years ago? I'm gonna kill all of you for it." So, and that was the last two years of his reign, and that was Henry Bolingbroke. Who led the Lords Appellant in that uprising where they wrested control away for two years? And I don't think Shakespeare ever references it. Kind of. Kind of a little kind bit. Kind of. So let, let's get into it and uh, I'll point out where he does. That sounds let's great. Go through. Um, which is so, the yeah, reason we, I almost brought an Irish beer tonight. We are talking about what? Because he decides to go to Ireland for no fucking reason. Yeah, it, well, there is a reason. So, yeah, but they weren't there. Okay. Yeah. So in walks uh, John Gaunt and he's yeah. like, hey, I brought my son. Who, John got uh, uncle of uncle of the king too, yep. and and my ancestor. Great, 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 great. Lots of greats. Octo great, octo great, septology great. Uh, grandfather of um, Cassie. Yep, Cassie here. Uh, John got walks in. He's like, I brought my son. He's got something to tell you. And Richard's like, Look, if he is just bringing before me this. Stupid bickering thing he's got with Thomas. I swear to God, I'm going to murder both of them. And Spoilers. No. Um. <laughs> well, no, Bull- no, those aren't the spoilers. Those aren't spoilers at all. Bowling, Bowling broke has a problem with Mowbray because Mowbray was like squandering money and you know. I, I think it's because Mowbray figured out how to like fix the system, like mm-hmm. how to make it work in his advantage, and and Henry's like, look. uh... This dude doesn't have any kids, so the money you steal from him is the money you steal from me, so fuck you, buddy. Yeah, so they come before the king, and... And also accused of killing... uh, Yeah. Yes. And Henry goes, Thomas, this guy over here, he conspired to kill your uncle. Yeah. And he's a traitor, and he committed treason, and he should be punished accordingly, and I take my glove, and I throw it down in challenge. All of the treason of the last... 18 years is his fault. He did it all. All of the treason. Every bad thing that happened in the country, Thomas did it. And then Thomas takes his glove off and throws it on the ground and goes, uh, no, you are the traitor. You did horrible things. And Richard's like, pick your fucking glove. And of course, of course, they're, they're accusing each other and John Gaunt is going, nah, he's the one who killed him. But it go, it he's go, the one who killed him, and he's talking about Richard. Yes, yeah. because Richard was actually behind the killing. Richard the second was the guy who was, which was, is the dark truth, that which was in charge of the was was the killing of of Gloucester. Yeah, but these hotheads are determined to duel. They've thrown down their gloves. They do it a couple different times, which means they picked it back up. <laughs> 
And so... Well, yeah, because they get told to pick it back up, and then they get pissed off again, and they whip the thing down back down again. But, and... So, the arguments here are... Thomas took 8,000 nobles from you. So, $8,000. stealing, yes. He he took $8,000 from you that was meant for your soldiers, and he kept it for himself. And he goes on and on. Henry goes on and on and on about how he took this money. Oh, yeah, and he probably killed... uh, Gloucester. My uncle Gloucester. Yeah. yeah. And then right back to the money. It's like Gloucester is like, beep, a little bit, a little bit of murder, but mostly stealing. But a little bit of murder. But John, and John Gaunt is over there going, no, but Richard's the one who killed him. And Richard's like, oh, I totally believe you, Henry, that <clears throat> Thomas over here. Yeah, it's obviously whoop, Thomas yep. Mowbray did it and so, not yeah. me. Yes. So, so Richard's like, all right, well, it looks like you guys are going to have to fight then. Here's a time, so here's a place. So finally he agrees and he lets them trial by combat. Yeah. Because God's going to be on their side. Oh, God, that's awesome. And of course, John Gaunt does not want this. He does not want trial by combat. No, because no. he's got to go back now to the Duchess of Gloucester. Yeah, so he goes back to the Duchess of Gloucester. <laughs> this is my favorite. All right, please tell and, me and when... we're early. Please t- we're early in the play. It's yeah. already best favorite. All right, please tell me so that I can go off. So the the Duchess of Gloucester is the widow of the brother who was murdered. And she wants John Gaunt to take revenge for his brother's death because he's your family and he's of royal blood. Vials of Edward's vials blood. Vials of Edward III's blood. Vials. And you need, you know. And and Gaunt's like, well, you know, it's really only God who has the power to punish people truly. And so... Just like Tupac said, only God can judge me. Oh my God. And so... Put your hand to your face so it could slap you with it. <laughs> And so that's when we really reveal that John Gaunt knows that Richard II is the one who had Gloucester killed, but he doesn't dare go against the king because of this running theme through the whole thing of kings rule by divine right. Right. Which actually... kings on the throne, God put him there. That's a huge theme of this play. It is. Yeah. When I'm sitting back, I'm thinking about, what the hell is this play about? Can't boil it down to one word, which I understand is not a theme. Thank you, all of my literature instructors, for my entire life. You can't make a theme one word. But there's nothing that, there's no phrase that I could, and I'm like, yeah, it does. It's about divine power. I make a theme one word. Not not according to every literature instructor I've ever had. It has to be at least a couple words. Like, you have to get a couple things in there. Um, can't just be about truth. It has to be about the perseverance of truth or or the decline of truth. No, like fellow's about truth. You walked right into that one. Yeah. I, yeah. But you know what the worst part is? I'm like, I, off the top of my head, can't remember what I was arguing with you about, which is the worst part, because I just like to argue with you, apparently. Um, but it's not. Oh, it's about control. Yes! I remembered! Winner, winner. I won, though, because you forgot. Uh, no, I remembered, though. I always remember everything, eventually. Yeah. But, but that's the kind of central idea, is this whole thing of... How do you go against a king who you don't feel has the best interests of the people in mind when you also believe that kings rule by divine right? And if he's on the throne, God put him there. And so to go against the king is to go against God. And so we see with Richard, every action that Richard II takes is a bad one. It's flip-floppy. It's wishy-washy. Yeah, Yeah. it's, it's all of these, like... Poor decisions made one right after another, right after another, as if nothing bad could ever happen to his rule, despite everything else we know about English rule and secession. Mm -hmm. So, succession, not secession. Yeah, that's a little different. It is. It's like declaring yourself a sovereign person. It's dumb. All right. So, 
So why is this scene your favorite part, Beth? Because of how the Duchess leaves. <laughs> yes, good old Duchess of Gloucester. <laughs> so when I get into fights with people and I'm like, no, you must avenge my honor. Never at the end when I get a negative response. Because Cassie, you know what? You've never defended my honor. Never once have you gone into battle in the lists to defend my honor. I haven't. You're right. Now, luckily, my honor's never in question because I don't put it on a pedestal. But... Her response is, if you won't avenge him, I'm going to go die now. (laughs) That's her response. She's like, all right, well, goodbye. I'm going to go die. Literally is what it says in there. I'm going to go die. Like, who does that? Whose piece out is... The Duchess of Gloucester. Yeah, I feel like that's a 13-year-old girl. Well, I'm just going to go kill myself then. You're ruining my life. Like, I'm going to go die. She has two good speeches in which at the end, and by good I mean a number of lines, not like they're well written. The <laughs> lengthy, lengthy. But I've got four and seven, 40 and seven lines of good speeches. She ends all of them with, and I'm going to go die. Not I'm going to a nunnery or I will excuse myself from this or I'm very angry with you. Okay, I'm, I'm going to go kill myself. I'm going to go die. Me, it's not even that she's going to go kill herself. It's that she's going to wander out of the room. I'm just going to go die. And she's going to die. Yeah. Me and my companions, we're going to go die. And I'm sure her companions are over there being like, look, I plan on to be your maid. I do your hair. I wash your clothes sometimes. And you give you your yearly bath. I don't think I need to die to this. I hope you get dressed. You're not I... Cleopatra, lady. I'm not get, bite, taking a bite from an well, ass No, because if, if she was Cleopatra, she'd have gone and busted his teeth in herself. So, <laughs> true. <laughs> I'm going to make your teeth bleed. Quote Shakespeare. Qu- quote, Shakespeare. quote Shakespeare. I'm going to make your teeth bleed. So, I know I always hearken back to the agency of women. Yes. But that, I guess that is your ultimate agency. Oh, uh, well, you know what? <laughs> Fuck you, I'm going to go die. I don't, I don't like your answer. I can hear what you're saying. I don't like your answer. And if you tell me no, I'm going to go light a fire in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> There's always a Parks and Rec quote. There's always a Parks and Rec quote. But that, that's what it feels like to me is that she's... And we don't, we don't hear from her again. No. We don't hear that she died. There's no messenger who comes in later to say, oh, and the Duchess of Gloucester is dead. No. We hear nothing else. So she just exits stage left. Well, we don't die. need someone to announce it because she announced it herself. Wow. She, already told, she already told the audience so, what was going to so happen. So what is the point of this entire scene except to reiterate what he had already said at the end of the last scene? I think it just makes it clearer. It's called the exposition. Somebody has to continuously deliver yeah. the exposition. It's true. But as American we, audiences are dumb. As we move on to the next scene, we get to the duel between Bolingbroke. Do we? Well, oh, Jinx, you owe me a coke. We get to the scheduled duel between these two. So they are all ready to fight. They are about to just have at it. They've like blessed the swords. Act three or scene three. This is scene three. Then we start. Scene three. Act Act one. Scene three, which I have called in my notes that I was taking on this play, blue balls. The first, we have the incredibly long formal introduction. Harold called them out, which Richard calls for. He gets there and he's like, "Yes, I did notice that." Please formally call them out. And Harold's like, "Uh, "Who are you? Why do you come? What is your mother's maiden name and your blood type?" And (laughs) so they 
each one of them gives this, like, I come here to avenge, and God will see me right, and defend my honor, and all of this, like... It's such a long, drawn-out process. Oh, it's horribly It takes long. forever, and finally they've blessed the swords, they've declared their intentions... They're about to go kill each other. The best I can think of is that Shakespeare needed to put more words for Henry to say in there so that we could see that he is very direct and to the point, as opposed to the flowery words of everybody else. Maybe. Maybe. But either way. But either way, they're about to fight. And then Richard's like, no, 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 no. Actually. Horses are stomping and sweating. They're ready to go. I've decided it's not a good idea for you to fight. Hold up, bitches. Uh, we're not going to do this instead. Hold up, bitches. Instead, I'm going to banish both of you as punishment. Ten years. Boom. Ten years for Henry. Well, well, it started out ten years for Henry, and then he got reduced to six. Reduced to six. Because... For good behavior. Well, no, because Thomas looked so... Or John John looked looked so sad. sad, But also because the common people of England really liked Henry Bolingbroke. Well, he is the heir presumptive. Yes, and but they really like him, and they don't like Richard because Richard doesn't pay attention to them. Because Richard's a dick, and a little bit, and I, so there was kind I mean, of that political aspect yeah. of if I banish him for too long, then everybody's gonna get angry, so I'll lessen his. But then he goes to uh, Thomas, Thomas, Thomas Mowbray. Mowbray. And is like, you have to leave for the rest of your life forever. So you can what? never come back. Neither of you can ever talk to each other again. Well, yeah. Well, because there's a reason. Because Richard knew that he killed Gloucester, and so he's like, I want this guy gone. He knows that they're just bickering, and he wants it to stop. And so if he just exiles them both, they can't ever come back. I like that Thomas's uh, argument against his banishment is, I don't speak anything but English. You've doomed me to a life of silence. Because clearly I don't know anything but English. My native tongue is all. I'm like, well, learn French. (laughs) I mean, they're literally right over there. Yeah, yeah. seriously, you to, you can almost swim there. It's two hundred years ago. Two hundred years ago, this island spoke a lot of French, mostly in the nobility. Yeah, come on. Yeah, the majority of the nobility, actually, all of the nobility spoke French. I mean, we are still about three hundred years away from German coming in, but well, you mean the second time? The second time. I would say the first time German came in was you know back in the Dark Ages. We don't Angles, talk, we don't the Anglo-Saxons and Jutes, you know, hence where the name Angoland comes from. Shh, we don't talk about the Dark Ages. It was dark back then. I'm afraid of the dark. Anyway, the young men are banished. Jesus <laughs> and then King Richard returns to his court. And... Why do we get why do we get plays about shitty Richards and not fun Richards? There is only one fun Richard, and the fun that he has is murder. So, I don't... I don't know, Richard III is kind of fun, Richard. That's what I said. No, I meant I met Richard I. Richard I is fun, Richard. Yeah, but we get... He's like fun Bobby from Friends. But his... <laughs> He's only fun Bobby from Friends because you think of him as the lion that comes in at the end of Robin Hood from the Disney. From well, the Disney and ev- actually, Disney. pretty much every Robin Hood... Here comes King Richard at the end, going. Yeah, or uh, oh, hey, King John, or Prince John, Sheriff of Nottingham, you bad guys. Seems like I have an outlaw for an in-law. And but then... he's not in this play. Oh. <laughs> Look at Cassie Richard. getting us right back. No, I'm yeah, trying. He's, he's I'm trying. Than Richard II. Uh, so, uh, this guy whose name I don't know how to pronounce, the Duke of Almerle? Oh! Almerle? You said that 
um, comes back to report that Henry has gotten on a ship and has left England. And then Richard gets one of his big, long speeches about... But you can boil the speech down pretty close, too. Uh, do you guys want to go to Ireland? And on the way, we'll stop and get some money? Oh, yeah. Yeah. But it's like, oh, but wait a minute. I don't have any money. There's rebels against the crown, and I should really go put that rebellion down. But I have squandered all of our money, and I don't know how to get more. Unless um, I tax the rich people and promise to give them a cut of the tax that we take from the poor people later. And then someone comes in and says, hey, you have to hurry. John, John Gaunt's on his deathbed. And then Richard, and Richard goes, goes ching He's got money. And Oh, I'm so sad. The dollar so signs sad. take place of his eyes. I hope I can take all of his money. And he does. His eyes turn into dollar signs and they flash out. You know, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's a great situation for him. John Gaunt's going to die. He's got all this money. His heir just got banished for six years. So. Yeah, but the money does not become the crowns. It's still Bolingbroke's money. Yeah, but well, he's not around to take it, it, so... Does it have to? Oh, it does. We'll give it to him in six years. How about that? Six winters. He can have it back. So then we move into Act 2, which is John Gaunt's... Death. death scene. And he's actually got um, a speech that I had to memorize in high school. What is it? This royal throne of kings, this sceptered isle, this earth of mm-hmm. majesty, this seat of Mars. I had to memorize that for my English class senior year. It's a, good, it's a good speech. And I don't know that I was ever taught that it was from Shakespeare, let alone or, or that it was from, from like, Richard II. Richard II. No, it is, it is just, a good speech, though. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's waxing poetic about England. And I, I it's was It's actually one of the only through. reasons, only one, of the things, one of the only things I did know about this play, because I just, yeah. I'm not familiar with this one very well. You know, it's like the, the one of the tetralogy that I don't know very well. So I'm I'm reading along trying to parse out six. parse out Shakespeare in my head as I go along like I do. And then all of a sudden I get to the section I was like, "Wait, this is familiar. I know these words." And then I remembered I had to memorize this in high oh, school. Oh yeah, it is. It's a very good speech. You um, memorize like speak the speech I pray you. No, we had to memorize this. We had to memorize tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow <gasps> creeps in its petty pace for me today. Uh, and my English uh, class always made me go first. Tomorrow, and tomorrow, to and tomorrow is such a good. But speech. in all of these when speeches, when we get there, he has when Richard comes in, he continues part of his speech of his dying, which takes forever. Like oh I gosh, know that Antony so takes long. longer to die in theory because he dies across two scenes. Well, this is John this is this is this is between forever. Desdemona and Antony yeah. on death length. Um, yeah, but he gives this like I am gaunt. Of as as face and dying, and my name is Gaunt. What up? I'm like, oh, that's a bad pun. You made a bad pun. And even Richard to the side goes, do dying men make jokes with their names? This one does. This one does. When the opportunity presents itself. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. So, I am both, so, I am both look, Gaunt and Gaunt. But when you got it, gone. look, death does not stop the dad joke. <laughs> It's true. But John Gaunt decides... I could not stop for Death's Dad joke, so Death's Dad joke stopped for me. (laughs) Different poet altogether. But, um, so so John Gaunt decides that on his deathbed, he's gonna give the king what for. He's gonna (laughs) scold him for how he mismanages the funds of the kingdom, how he treats the commoners... And he's gonna call him out for murdering the Duke of Gloucester. You didn't listen to me in my life? 
You'll listen to me in my death. And Richard is super upset about this. He's Why? very angry. And he... John Gunt curses Richard with his dying breaths and walks out. Again, somebody else in this show. He's taking a, a page out die. of the <laughs> Duchess's... You know what? He pulls the Duchess of Gloucester. <laughs> I don't want to upstage the king. Any death pieces. By dying on stage. So I'm just going to peace out, walk out the door and die. We're yeah. going to give the old death piece. Take a page from the Duchess of Gloucester. That's what I'm going to call it from now on. If somebody's like, I'm, I'm just going to go die. I'm going to go die now. What? It's pulling the Duchess of Gloucester. And so they come back and they say, John Gone is dead. And Richard goes, okay, well, you know what I have to say to you about that whole thing that you said about how I mismanaged funds now to pay for wars you. that I shouldn't be fighting? I'm going to take all your land and all your money and go fight a war. Guess what? I'm going to do it to you. I'm going to mismanage your funds, bitch. It's my money now. <laughs> that's, I'm sorry, that's the worst comeuppance ever. Oh, yeah, these <laughs> things that you just told me I'm shitty at? Guess what? <laughs> I'm going to do them all. I'm going to do them all. Again. With your money. And so he takes all the money that is rightfully Henry Bolingbroke's, yeah. and he sets sail for Ireland. And to, then to his... punish people for their ancestors' mistakes. Yes. What? It not even you. Like you're not even doing anything right now. It was just things that people had done for you. No, we're, just, we're Irish. We're just over here. We're... I feel like this is the Halliburton. Like, oh, the economy sucks. What do we do? Uh, war. Yeah, let's war? go start a war in Iraq. War. Sound good? That'll get that always ups production. Yeah, let's make some money. Uh, let's go to so war. yeah, so then we Kill have we go to Queen Isabel. <laughs> The Irish are not brown people. No, I'm just talking about you said Halliburton, so... I did say Halliburton. We go to Queen Isabel. Mm. I was like, oh, man, I really miss my husband. I really wish he was still here. I'm sorry. And the king's advisors try to comfort her, and she's like, no, 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 I know something bad's about to happen. I got a sense of foreboding. I know something horrible's happening. so many English queens have a sense sense of of foreboding? I think to answer that question, Mm. you have to look at the line of English kings. Hmm. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think it's just like has been. It's been a while since something bad happened, so we're due. Yeah, yeah we're we're due. <laughs> You've ruled for a while now. No one's My tried husband's to kind you. of an idiot, so it's really just waiting wait, to happen. Wait, husband, you've been on the throne for twelve years, at least eighteen, because all the treasury of eighteen years, yes, is all Thomas's fault. No, but I'm, I'm just saying, like in general, like probably around twelve years or so, English queens are starting to go. It's been a little, a little too quiet. Yeah, we should check. We should probably ship our kids off to France or something for a while. Just do but so. Do we, do, we, do we have anyone that's like a decent distance away we could send some children to, or maybe marry them off? Are they old enough? Can we marry them off? Yeah, Elizabeth of York really should have done that. Started shipping off her kids before they started coming in and killing them all. Yeah. Speaking of the Hundred Years' War. Yeah. But anyway... I'm also speaking of York! Yes, so... The grand old Duke of Isabel's York. like, alright, I really hope something good happens, but I just have a feeling nothing good's gonna happen. And then we get an advisor entering going, yeah, so Henry Bolingbroke found out about the king taking his dad's land, and he got super mad about it, and he amassed an army, and he's landed on our shores, and is coming to take well, over the well, kingdom? Yeah, he, yeah. Didn't, he didn't amass the army first. He snuck back into England. He snuck back first. in and is now amassing an army. And amassing an English army. Yeah. yeah. But so that's because the, all of the nobles were like, no, why are we fighting Ireland? Stop it. 
Well, except for except for like yeah, he's got some he's got some toadies that stuck around with him, and he's got not not a whole lot. No, he's but he's got the son of the son of York, Amaral. Yeah, is the son of the Duke of York, and he's got his his boys Bushy Baggett and Green. Well, and and Richard stop for a second and talk about Bushy Baggett and Green and that particular. (laughs) He's got a green Bushy Baggett. Yeah, those are the three advisors to the king. They are three people: Bushy, Baggett. In green, they could be one person. They yes. could, but they're 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 toadies of the king. They are, and Richard likes them, and, and that's what they're there for. They serve a so purpose. That means there is probably still in England somebody whose name is Baggett, Bushy Baggett and Green. Sounds, sounds like a law firm, like but it's yeah, a shitty one. Like a really bad. <laughs> it's like a shitty law firm. A real baggity law like, firm. Like, <laughs> it's the, like it's off- the law offices of Bushy Baggett and Green. How can we help you, Governor? Nope, we're done. No, like, I really thought I was going to go with like an ambulance chasing some sort of joke like that. But as soon as he said Governor, we were out. Hello, yeah. Governor. Stop the morning to you. I find that offensive. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, all right. So back to Henry coming back to the shores and amassing a whole lot of nobles. So Richard, Richard, no Richard starts getting dragged back from Ireland, and then so Bowling well, Bolingbroke is like, "Oh, he's coming." Okay. Well, Bushy Baggett and Green are in charge of the government. Well, the Duke of York's in charge. He's been left. But Bushy Baggett and Green are there. They're yeah, they're there. Well, it's because the, well, uh, he uh, so he goes so Bolingbroke goes. Okay, well, I'm going to start making this army because asshole went to Ireland. Yeah, you've gone. Then he go, he shows up. He's like he kills so he kills talk, Bushy and Green. Let's talk. But let's let's talk about green. good idea, oh, bad yeah, idea. Green. So yeah. you've just waited until one of your closest relatives, your strongest supporters of this like right of th- this. Th- God put you here, anointing you as king. Yes, the divine right of kings. That he is dead, you've now taken all of his money, and instead of, like, staying there to wait to find out who's going to be mad, you went to Immediately Ireland? go to Ireland. <laughs> well, it's like the Japanese, it's, not, it's, it's not like the Japanese and Korea, when they didn't have anything better to do, they invaded Korea, the Japanese didn't, and so, you know, the, English, the English didn't have anything better to do, so they invaded Ireland. Yeah. Like, ugh, it's Tuesday. And everybody was upset about it. It's Tuesday. Let's go fuck up Ireland. Everybody in the kingdom. (laughs) Everybody in the kingdom was upset about it. We're out of fish and chips. (laughs) And that's why Henry Bolingbroke was able to gather these these people to him. Because the the peasants who revolted against King John in 1381. They're always revolting. Thank you for quoting Dragonheart yet again. Now they're rebelling. And so Bushy Baggett and Green split up, and two of them go to try and head off the army, and the other one goes to meet Richard in Ireland. Let me tell you which ones went to try and head off the army. That was Bushy and Green. Because you know what happened to them? They got Duchess of Gloucester. You mean they decided they were going to go die? (laughs) Well, somebody decided they were going to go die. (laughs) And so then Henry Bolingbroke. So then we've got Henry and the defectors, um, and oh, which of course we get we we do with with the rebels. We have Henry Bolingbroke. We have the Earl of Northumberland. We have Hotspur Percy. Stop! Wouldn't it just be easier to tell people 
Who was with Richard? No. It's it, more because the better names are with are with Bolingbroke. But under this list Northumberland, here, Percy, Fitzwater. Ross. Ross Willoughby. I'm sorry. Willoughby's a dick. We discussed that in the April Fools podcast. Well, yeah, I mean, and then Richard's got guys like Bushy, Baggett, and Green. It's a terrible offer. <laughs> they're here to... <laughs> the worst lawyers. <laughs> they're just... the worst lawyers in All England. Right. So what happens next? So, yeah, so well, they Bush, capture Bushy, Bush and Green. Green. They're yeah. killed. And Bushy and Green are killed. And then Bolingbroke talks to the Duke of York. And the Duke of York goes, Oh, okay. I like, I like the things that you're saying. And so now I'll be on your team. Well, he, <laughs> he decides to be neutral first. Yeah. He's like, I do agree with you in everything that you stand for, but he's the king and I don't want to go against God. So I'm just going to stay out of it Which and is let you guys go on and Historically, it's a huge problem for the York team. Yes. This stay in neutral thing doesn't go well for him and actually gets a lot of their women raped. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. bad to be the grand old Duke of York. Sometimes. So, not now, probably. Now it's probably wealthy. Yeah, now it's, I mean, it's probably a pretty yeah. pretty plush gig. Yeah. But, so, the grand old Duke of York, and doesn't he argue for his son? Uh, well, he, uh, he might, but, uh, Bolingbroke then reclaims his lands and the throne, because... Richard's not there. Richard wasn't there to sit in it. And so Richard's in Wales. And he hears about this and he goes, it's fine. I've got the Welsh army. And then somebody comes in and goes, well, actually. See, what um, had happened was. See, Henry took your throne. Henry took your throne. And so all the Welsh people thought that you had died. So their army kind of just scattered and we don't have them anymore. That, by the way, is a, I am Welsh and that's an excellent Welsh trait of ours. Oh, no, yeah, it is. Yes. All the Welsh and Welsh could not wash the Welsh out of your Welsh. Yeah. Um, they, yeah, they're not going to cross they, the line. They, they don't leaks. know. They love their leaks. This is why we needed radio. This is why we needed television. Proof of life is important. Yeah, especially to the Welsh. Especially to the Welsh. Well, the they're, Welsh, well, they're used to kings dying on them. Well, they really don't want to be used to kings at all. It's not really till Henry the Third. They well, no, the Welsh, the, the Welsh, the Welshers, you know, the Britons, and the they've been waiting in Wales. For the once and future king. Well, actually, uh, it wasn't until Richard III that they um, stopped being their own sovereign nation. Well, yeah, but the the Britons that King Arthur was king of in the legend all got chased into Wales by the the Romans and the Angles and the Saxons and everything else, and that's where the you know the Britons are. Where'd the Picts go then? North to Scotland. The Picts aren't in Wales. The Britons are No one's in, in a whale. Except for Pinocchio. <laughs> and Geppetto. And on that note, and can we, and, yeah, can and we Jonah. start... Alright, back to was... Stop! Cassie's annoyed with you. <laughs> Excellent! <laughs> anyway, Richard finds out that the Welsh are no longer on his side, and he goes, well, it's okay, because God's on my side, he wants me to be king, and then another messenger comes in and goes, well, actually, uh... Henry has put himself on the throne, and all of the people of England have decided to follow him as their king. And then Richard goes, "Ah, dicks!" And just, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, you're welcome. And just he has this long, despairing monologue where he goes, "Well, then I guess uh, that's that, and I'm not king anymore, and that kind of sucks." So they stick him in. They stick him in Castle Pomfret. 
The prison of Castle Pomfret. Actually, he announces his intention to give in to despair and declares that he will go to Flint Castle to pine away. This play is full of so many people. Wait, is that pretty close to being like, you know what, I'm just going to go die. No, no, that is what it means. To go pine away would mean I'm I'm going to go die. I'm just going to go die. This is the play of people just announcing their... That's passive-aggressiveness, right? Yes. Passive-aggressive death. This is the blue ball passive-aggressive play. Passive-aggressive death. And what really spurs him into that is when he hears that Bushy and Green are dead. Oh. Because they, he's they got lost two of his shitty lawyers. Without his shitty lawyers, what is... So like, I can't be king with only one shitty lawyer. Yeah, he needs all three shitty lawyers. He has to have Bushy, Baggett, and Green. Yeah, if it... This yeah, is just Baggett. Ah, yeah. yeah, see? Huh? Why don't you come on down to Bushy, Baggett, and Green? It, was, it sounds like a bad car dealership, then. Exactly. <sighs> so... And Richard probably would have lived his whole life there, pining away until he decided to die. Because apparently then in this play, people just go, ah, I'm going to go die, out there. And then they <laughs> Exit stage left to go die. Um, but then Henry says something about his, what was it, his, like, his living torment. Mm-hmm. And someone else. So people throughout English history... Listen to Kings talk about things like man. He's talking about his living, his living fear, which yeah, was assumed fear. to be Richard. Richard. Yeah, man, they really don't like. Doesn't like that Thomas Beckett guy. Let's go kill him. <laughs> this is my living fear. Oh, we should go murder him. So Exton goes and poisons Dicky too. And like, it, I feel like this is an anticlimactic ending to this play. Well, cause, yeah, because what happens is... Like the most climactic part of this play is at John Gott's death. Yeah, and the best speech in the play So we at John Gott's death. We really top out in Act 2, and then everything else is just, like, tying up yeah. the loose ends well, from there. Well, it's, it's four, everything, everything else is getting Henry for... To be Henry IV, right? yeah. getting him on the throne. Well, Act Four is is entirely Richard's trial. Yeah, where they bring you know Mowbray back to testify. Well, that... and, and actually, in in the first three quarto versions, there was no deposition. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's not until uh, the fourth quarto and the we, first yeah, folio. We kind of skipped over that. Well, we we skipped over the ridiculous. Um, like the first three printed versions, which come, yeah. uh, this play was written in 1595, 1597, uh, 1598. Like there's like three quartos printed in like three years after, uh, after this play was written. And then he doesn't, the, the fourth quarto is not until like 1608 or something like that. Right. And then the first folio in 1623. And it's not, it's actually, I don't think it's until the first folio. That the deposition of Richard II is in the play. But this scene is actually hilarious because Baggett comes in to testify for the king and someone gets mad at him and throws a gauntlet down. So then he throws a gauntlet. So then somebody else throws a gauntlet. And it gets to the point where people are throwing so many gauntlets that they have to go borrow other gauntlets from other people so that they have more gauntlets to throw down until somebody finally goes, guys. Stop. Well, and one of the so reasons it's back that they to being think... as ridiculous as the opening act was. Yes. With those with two Mowbray men, and, yeah, and Bolingbroke yeah. against each other. Um, well, and one of the reasons they think that they that the quarto versions at least don't have the deposition is that it could have been censored out of the printed versions. 
Like by the the master of rebels didn't want them to perform <sighs> the deposition. Yeah, but but it ends with. But eventually, it does get put back yeah. into the written version. Yeah, and Bolingbroke's like, okay, so here's the deal: you have nobody to support you anymore. This bishop tried to support you by claiming your God-given right, but I arrested him. So, well, because that's what this—that's what this play is about—is yeah. the difference between the God-given right of the divine right of kings and. Okay, yeah, you know, I mean, lineage means something and whatnot, but you also have to have brains and, and you know... Be a decent human being. Yeah, well, and that's, that's the Bolingbroke side of things. And all, the of the Henry's, side of things. all of the Henry's to come in the rest of the cycle are going to... The tetralogy? The cycle are going to be about who is smarter, who is faster, who is quicker of wit. Yeah. And the next, like... Richard II is an excellent starting point for what the kings used to be. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. And then by the time we are done with Henry V, I think we can all agree that Henry V is very quick and very smart. And then we move on to Henry VI, which is you enjoy so much. Why are there three parts? I don't know. We'll get to that. But Shouldn't it be, what, Henry VIII? so, So Richard... Signs over his crown. He's not happy about it, but he goes, "Okay, fine. You're king now. Whatever. Go lock me in. Stick him in Castle Palmfret." He he asks to be banished, and Henry's like, "Or you could actually go to the Tower of London." Yeah, and that's actually what I'm going to do with you. How about you don't go where I can't see you? (laughs) Because then you could go do what I just did. Because it really wasn't that hard. And then uh, it's not. It's not the. It's not the Tower of London. It is Palmfret. Nah. Okay, so that may be where he ended up in real life, but where did he end up in Shakespeare? No, in the play, that's where he sent Is Pomfret? Yeah. It's, a, it's, it's in the town of Pomfret in West Yorkshire, England. That's Richard not what... Richard II is thought to have died there. What does yours that's say? That's not what Sparknotes tells me. Oh, goodness. <laughs> All right, tell you what. How about... We now know how this play ends. Where are we sitting? Well, we still, we still have a little bit more because Ex- Exton does go to prison and murder him. And then the most anticlimactic thing of all is King Henry's response is, Did you shouldn't have done that. He repudiates, I didn't tell you to do that. He repudiates Exton. And then he says, I'm going to go to Jerusalem and cleanse myself from my part in Richard's death. But and before that's the then, end of the play. But before then, we get a little hint of foreshadowing oh, because yeah. Henry's having a conversation with somebody who goes, Man, yes, have you, uh, but this, okay, but fine. this is fine. Shakespeare says Pomfret. Okay, Shakespeare can say that. But, but we've Tell got Henry. Would have been a great choice. We've got Henry, um, talking to somebody and going, have you, are you guys keeping tabs on that kid of mine? Cause he's gotten so wild. He's hanging around with a bad crowd and I don't know what to do about him, man. Oh, let's go talk about Richard II some more. So it's just this real yeah, subtle, you know, like, you get, you slipping you in the, of, of you Henry V. It's Prince Hal. Prince Hal and Falstaff. Yeah, it's a, it's a It's a foreshadowing kind of deal. Oh, foreshadowing. But, it's but there were, actually Shakespeare doesn't do a whole lot of. Well, no, cause most of his. But he, well, he does in this because, I mean, it's five plays that are all tied together. It's a tetralogy. It's a, a tetralogy. Septology. Fiveology. It's the, it's the, <laughs> the fiveology. It's the fiveology. But yeah, so Earth, no, but, wind, fire, but it ends. Heart. It ends with Henry saying, "I'm going to go to the Holy Land and I'm going to cleanse myself, myself so yeah. that I can start ruling out right." Because I did not tell you I to kill that guy. Not, I did not. 
It's very echoey for me of King John mm-hmm. with Arthur going, I did not tell you to kill Arthur. I just said it would be a shame, it wink, wink, if he died. If wink, he wink. died. <laughs> and then, but the, of course, with Arthur, he didn't get killed. He just jumped off of a fucking wall and died. But do you know that Richard actually was poisoned and he didn't just, you know, I'm just going to go over here and die now? <laughs> he touches like a lobster. My God, I hate what you're doing. I'm going to go die. Oh, God. So, well, And then I like, I'm amused by the scene in prison where he's got like this servant with him and he's like, go taste my food because I think they poisoned it. And the servant's like, yeah, they definitely poisoned it, so I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I think this is a great spot to get back uh, and go ahead and uh, end it and go ahead and move into themes and things like that the next time we get to talking about it, now that everybody is uh, aware of the plot of Richard II, which I can bet most of our listeners had no idea. Why would they? I don't listeners? know that they know much about it. Now, either, because... But they know more than they did. That's fair. Well, let's get a show of hands. Let's get a show of hands. Listeners, how many of you had already read Richard II? I love that Cassie raised her hand. I know. <laughs> can we get that Can we get that function put on our podcast? Where we can uh, see can we do a raise ra- I'm, I'm counting everybody right now. Just keep your hands up. Can you please... please no, you, you no, don't you, put it... Don't, don't put it down. Chase right? will tell you where to put your hands Brian, up. leave your hand up. <laughs> Chase, Chase will tell you when to put your hands. All right, we're good. We're good. Oh, no, wait, you, you the answer the, the answer is zero. Nobody's read this play. It's true. I didn't count anybody. <laughs> I'm gonna get I'm gonna get at least one text message from someone who's like, actually, I have, actually, I have read the play. In fact, I was in it. And Tyler, we know. Tyler, shut up. <laughs> no, dude, Ward, Ward has never been in Ricky too. I had known about that. <laughs> you can't just open up the book of his life to the middle and expect to understand what's going on. Either way. But, yeah, so, I don't know. There's not the strongest plot in the world for this. There, okay, no. There is a plot, but the plot crests very early as far as, like, a traditional plot graph yeah. would go. Um, but it's a history. And so the histories aren't the most... And this, this is a chronicle exciting. history. Yeah. So, you know, it's one of his that actually specifically tries to follow, you know... And there are things that he's trying to do within the play that have to do with current politics at the time for him uh, but we'll talk about that in the next segment yeah that's, oh, that's, no, that's let's not, let's not spend it all yeah let's let's not, <laughs> let's not. <laughs> okay so first of all every time we think we're not going to have enough content because there's not a whole lot going on except for that first time we tried to do henry five then we end up doing like an hour and a half broadcast and chase falls asleep over there next to the fridge mm-hmm it's a very nice little corner over here it is <laughs> well we get him we get him warm enough with booze and then he's like oh I'm tired and sleepy now. Well, we're going to be ordering Mr. Spot, so he'll be all sorts of carved out. Yep. All right. But, uh, so yeah, that was, uh, what episode is this? This is episode 24? We're syndicated! Something like that. 23? Is this 23? Yeah, it's got to be an odd number. Yeah, it has to be an odd number. I think it's 23. Holy shit! At 24, does that mean we've been doing it for a year? Yeah. Yeah, math works. Well, I mean, but released episodes will not have been for a year because our first released episode was January. I don't think that's true. End of December. How, how could we be at episode? No, because it was it was Thanksgiving. It was. Thanksgiving. It was Thanksgiving. That's right. I hit him with my shoe. Look, I can't math. I do English. Well, sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> 
Anyway, I'm Cassie Greenlee. I'm Beth Roars. I'm Ryan Hatfield. I'm Chase Greenlee. And this has been Shakespeare episode 23. Good night, Pa. We should probably. Good night, Pa! <laughs> I mixed it up! Say good night, John Boyce. Rich babies! <laughs> good night, you rich baby. Oh, good night, all you rich babies. <laughs> <laughs>